Lake Forest High School. Did you drive a Range Rover to school? Hell no. No, I did not have a I didn't have a Hummer either, which meant that I was deeply poor. I drove my mom's old Chevy Blazer that was like five years old, so I was really slumming it. Those were cool I, back then, Chevy. If you had a Chevy Blazer, very you were, cool. Yeah. Poor. yeah, it was one of those ones that was like ombre. Remember? Oh yeah. Like the bottom <laughs> was like that. beige, and then the rest was green. Yeah. I had a Dave Matthews sticker oh, on. Oh hell yeah, it. you Obby. did dan dance and yeah. Nancy's. Fire dancer. Fire yeah, dancer. fire dancer. And if the the, yep. the interior probably smelled like McDonald's French fries, like every other kid's car. Oh uh, yeah. No, sorry. Oh, okay. right. Sorry, I was an athlete. I didn't eat that shit. Oh wow, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Too good for your McDonald's. <laughs> Also, you know, in Lake Forest, we weren't allowed to have McDonald's with arches because that's right. I our Mc the one McDonald's we had after I moved out had an omelet station. Yes, I remember. I've been to that fucking McDonald's. It's like wood, wood <laughs> yeah. paneling. And I shit. feel like yeah. Buzz Aldrin like owned it or like went there for something. I can't even remember. There was a Buzz Aldrin connection to that McDonald's. <laughs> Is that where Mr. T bought a mansion and cut down all the trees? Did you ever yeah. hear that story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was a ma massive ordinance issue. He got yes. fined lots of money. He didn't want any of his trees. So he cut them. You weren't allowed to just cut down all your trees. Right. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Um, all right, Chris. <laughs> we're gonna put some of this in somewhere. I don't know where, but we're getting some of that in there. Welcome to That's What She Said with Sarah Spain, a podcast about well, whatever the hell I want. Actors and musicians, athletes, comedians, neuroscientists, wine experts. If I find somebody interesting, I'm bringing them to you. We'll talk about how they became who they are, how they found success, battled failures, and how they ended up here talking to me. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris Watoski, and my dilemma is that I'm trying to get in better shape and healthy, but I still eat like I live in the Midwest. Perfect. As someone who has lived in LA for six years, I want to tell you that you have no excuse uh, because there are endless delicious healthy options and mountains to climb. I know, but I still eat, you know? eat burritos and pizza like I'm living in Chicago. Okay, so for real though, hopefully this is about how you feel and not about societal expectation because um, even in Hollywood, even if you're on TV, we need to continue to preach that not everyone is going to be able to safely and happily maintain this certain aesthetic that everyone has agreed is the only ideal. And that's okay. Uh, you're also a comedian and a dude. So I would say you could gain roughly 30 to 50 pounds without even remotely changing the roles that you're going in for. Um, women, we have to make those calculations in ounces. Three to five ounces you have gained. You are no longer a leading lady. You are now the best friend who's there for comedic relief. Shit's f That's true, though. Uh, that being said, if it is about how you feel and it is about being comfortable and, you know, feeling healthy and good in your body, then I will limit what could be a thesis on this topic from me from all my years spent in L.A. and Chicago to two tips that sort of stand out. One, as often as you can, exercise in the morning. Even if it's just a couple mile walk, I just feel like that changes the rest of your day. It puts you in a healthy mindset, gets your metabolism going, drives you to healthier foods. It all just sort of like compiles, get your body moving right off the bat and the rest of the day you'll probably make better choices than if you sort of lazily get up, pound a, you know, moons over my hammy and then continue the rest of your day just like carb loading for the workout you never did. Uh, number two, plan ahead and then also make the healthy stuff feel special. Because it's so easy in L.A. to go to parties, finger foods everywhere. There's free events. There's amazing taco places. Uh, the chips and queso at Cabo Cantina alone could derail anyone. Uh, I could go on. But, um, 
You know, you just have to plan ahead because you can't catch yourself driving by Pink's hot dog stand on an empty stomach or going to these events and parties full of delicious fried things and not have done the, you know, the prep before. So prep your food at home, eat good things before you go out, treat your salads and your fruits and your veggies like the queens they are with awesome recipes and plate them nicely so it doesn't seem like, oh, depressing salad, like make it look nice and give it some effort. Uh, Go to the farmer's market. That's a great way to feel like an event when you like make your veggie shish kebab on the grill. Like, oh, I picked these out of the farmer's market. You could grow it yourself even especially out in L.A., then it really feels like, oh, I put some work into this food. Uh, Because if you make all those good choices most of the time and only choose the really, you know, delicious, unhealthy things when you're really craving them, then, you know, those late-night Diddy Reese cookie sandwiches and those bacon-wrapped hot dogs on the street on Hollywood Boulevard when you're hammered won't matter as much because you've been making healthy choices most of the week. Uh, You really have no excuses. I mean, lemonade, delicious. Great spot. So many healthy choices there. California Chicken Cafe, that, that salad? Mm. Okay, now I'm just hungry. That's what she said. It is hard to believe that this podcast is the first time that I've ever spoken to Chris Witoski. In fact, you just heard at the beginning of this what it sounded like when we just, off the top, just get going. Um, it really felt like catching up with an old friend, despite never having met or spoken to him. Um, obviously, our shared Chicago suburban upbringing, our obsession with comedy, um, as it turns out, our shared views on recycling. Uh, this this made for a super, super fun conversation, and uh, no surprises, I guess, that we hit it off. We could have gone on for hours. Um, in fact, I see I see a few shared beers at Wrigley in our future so that we can do that, just keep chatting away. Uh, but for this, for our first time chatting, uh, we talked about the roots of his comedy career, his Netflix show, Chicago Party Ant, an epic Ditka strip club story. Uh, we talked about him fainting while skydiving. Uh, guesting on Curb Your Enthusiasm and Arrested Development and other shows that he really admires. Uh, We talked about his comedy mentor, who also happens to be an Illinois guy, uh, and lots more. I really think you guys are going to love this. You're going to love him. Enjoy. That's what she said. So this little virtual Zoom call began with us uh, wondering how we've never actually met in person, despite all the mutuals, despite all the interests that align, uh, despite my uh, now obsession with Chicago Party Ant. Uh, but here we are. We're finally meeting uh, close enough to in person, and we'll make it happen at a Cubs game or a Bears game or something. Um, but Chris, I want to go way back to us being in similar areas, but not the same place, because you grew up in St. Charles, which I'm 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 trying to remember exactly where that is. It's it's southwest of the city. It's straight west of the city. So you know you know North Avenue in Chicago. Yeah, that's Ma- mm-hmm. that's Main Street in St. Charles. So if you take North Avenue wow. west for like 30 miles, you'll hit St. Charles. Like through Oak Park and other things that are west but closer. Yeah, keep keep going. Keep going until you Just hit. It's like it's honestly like the furthest suburb. So like I grew up around cornfields, you know. So it's like yeah, it, we do have a train stop that takes you into Chicago, but it's like the furthest suburb. Right, right, right. So when you move somewhere like LA, which is where you live now, and people ask where you're from, you say Chicago. Ah. And then do you see if there are follow-ups and then say St. Charles, if they seem to know anything about Chicago, or do you stick with Chicago now? So I've gotten so much shit over the years for saying I'm from Chicago, and then people go, you're not really from Chicago. So now I actually say I'm from a suburb of Chicago, but I lived in the city for many years. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, listen, I, my first time in LA was I lived there for an internship in college. So I just said Chicago because I wasn't sure how familiar someone there was. And she asked how far away Chicago was from Illinois. And then it told me, <laughs> okay, I'm good on just, just 
the city. I don't need to get into specifics because we're working at a real low level here right, out in California right, right. in terms of understanding of the Midwest. Yes, so, yes. Um, okay, so St. Charles, tell me what you were like as a kid other than the magical discovery I made that you were a birthday party magician <laughs> as a teenager. I don't know that I need to know anything other than that, but you can flesh it out a little if you want to defend yourself. I was always funny. My dad's very funny. Um, so humor was very like uh, big in my house hold um and so you know in high school i got voted class clown also biggest flirt and most likely okay most, good combo and nice most work. likely to be on the hollywood walk of fame so Ooh. yeah so i was always like you know i got along with everybody um and had a i was drawn to showbiz at an early age my grandpa would do magic tricks at like the Thanksgiving dinner table. And so I got interested in magic. And then my dad would drive me into Chicago to take magic lessons uh, at a very young age. And, <laughs> and yes, I did. I was a birthday party magician for a couple of years. Yes. <laughs> so I'm picturing like the saddest possible version of that. But I, I think that's just because that's what TV and movies has, has turned us into imagining when we think of that. In fact, I just watched this like incredible John Oliver web exclusive about Air Bud where he gets real deep into Air Bud's original owner being a sad birthday clown. Oh, no. And I'm picturing <laughs> you as a set. But but tell, like I imagine you actually made children very happy with your magic. What was your best trick? Oh, yeah. But I was still a child when I was doing this. I mean, I was like 13, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it wasn't like i wasn't like a divorced alcoholic you know i was like <laughs> i was like a kid um but like i used to have a live mouse that i would make disappear and then like have it Ooh. reappear in a different part of the room that was a big one um i Whoa. i made my sister levitate she was my assistant wow i made her levitate that's legit oh yeah like i was doing some cool stuff yeah so okay so i was doing magic and a lot of cool people in comedy started out in magic. Johnny Carson, Steve Martin, um, who else? Woody Allen, even though, you know, he's got his weird shit. Yeah. But, uh, right. but so then when I was about 13, 14, my dad took me to see a show at Second City in Chicago. And then that, and that night changed everything for me. I was like, oh, that's what wow. I really want to do is comedy. Not, and I'm so glad I did the, that switch because... <laughs> I would have a much different life now if I was a, still a magician. If you were a magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, had, did you grow up watching stuff? Because uh, I remember there was a Second City thing at one of my uh, family. Like we went we went to one of those. It wasn't at the theater, but they either came to a school or a club or something I was at. And I remember, but I had already been watching like Best of Eddie Murphy, Saturday Night Live and Delirious, like as a child, like a, a, an age that's not appropriate to be fair. Um, <laughs> I repeated a lot of Velvet Jones, I want to be a hoe when I was like seven. Um, yes, yes. So uh, were you already watching all that stuff too? And then it was just seeing it in person that changed it for you? I was. And I say that exactly what you just said. My dad showed me a lot of movies at too, far too young of an age. Like he was showing me <laughs> Caddyshack and Animal House and Airplane and all those kind of movies. My parents had Porky's on VHS. They did not offer it up to us, I was about to but say, we snuck it and watched it anyway. I was about to say Porky's too, but then I left it out. My dad showed me Porky's when I was like 12. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like major, Midwestern, Midwestern. it was like major yeah. bonding moments. You know, like my dad's like, okay, yeah. come here kid. I'm going to show you something great. 
And right. uh, oh, that's great. They also bought me all the best, the best of SNL like tapes, VHS yeah. tapes. So it was like Bill Murray mm-hmm. and John Belushi and all, yeah, all that. Okay, so you get into comedy and uh, you start going to classes actually as a teenager, right? At Second City? The Like literally the day after I saw that show at Second City that like changed my life, I called Second City and signed up for their like teenage improv classes the next day, yeah. That's awesome. So when you went to University of Iowa, um, you majored in theater arts, did you, so you at, you at that point, it was like fast track, everything you were working on was with the intent, uh, was it to do comedy and movies was it to write comedy was what was what was like the dream gig at that point the dream gig was to move back to chicago and be on stage at second city that was literally my my life goal um and so i did go to college you know i still wanted to get a degree um went to to iowa which i had a blast i was the social chairman of my fraternity um we got (laughs) we got voted the biggest party school in the country my senior year so Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm sure you had something to do with Thank that. You. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I started an, uh, an improv group and, uh, you know, in college and we perform and stuff, but my goal was always move back to Chicago and get on stage in second city. So. And you did that. You, you, you did at, at second city, uh, you did cl- uh, stuff at IO annoyance. So all the improv, but for second city, you even, you did the cruise ship and the Europe thing too, right? I did. I was in the touring company. Um, I lived on a cruise ship for like half a year performing. Um, Anyone would we know uh, on that cruise ship cast with you? Uh, Vanessa Bear, who's on SNL or was on SNL. No way. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. She's a really good friend. Um, and then I did second touring company with uh, Aidy Bryant, who's uh, also on SNL. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're good buds. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I did that for Europe, did all over the country. Um, touring and then finally got on the stage at Second City in Chicago and did that for many years. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, in the meantime, you have to have some other jobs uh, in order to pay the rent. Uh, and I read about dog walking. Oh, yeah. Preschool teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and you were a, a host at Ditka's restaurant, which, by the way, pot roast nachos oh, just shut it down. The best. The best. Before I went vegetarian, I should have gone there and just been like, I'm going to have eight orders of pot roast nachos just to like close out this whole chapter of my life. Honestly, those I, amazing. I don't know if they like invented those, but like pe- more, pe- <laughs> more people should be doing it. You, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I was the only um, male. And then you worked at the cigar bar as well. <laughs> in, in so so I they hired me. And I had no uh, experience as uh, being a server. And so they made me the only male host. Nice. And then I then worked my way up to become the mater D of the cigar bar. Mm. But my job was mainly to make sure nobody asked Coach Ditka for autographs while he was eating. (laughs) And so he was there like literally every night. And I mean, Sarah, I watched grown men like weep tears of joy when they saw this man like they were seeing jesus like oh yes, my god yes. it's the, it's the coach yeah it's coach it's coach. It's coach and he was oh, very he man. was very gracious i mean i have a lot of stories about that man but he was very gracious with the with fans as long as he wasn't eating but if he had a pork chop in front of him and you asked him for an autograph he would like flip his <laughs> lid 
and be like, do, do I come to your living room? Do I come to your dining room <laughs> while you're eating and ask you, you know, and bother? And <laughs> yeah. So I had to like be the buffer to make sure people didn't like bother. Nice. Yeah. Nice. A maitre d' and, and security. And exactly. Uh, impressive. And, yeah. and I got to meet, uh, I got tell to me meet a, good... a lot of uh, Chicago sports legends in that job. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I, I tell me a story from that back cigar room. Uh, it can be positive or negative. Mike Ditko is always very nice to me. Um, he actually was supposed to come give our basketball team a uh, speech before our big uh, conference or regionals championships, but he was running so late that our coach made us leave without him arriving, which was still goes down as a bummer. Cause I just like the idea of being able to say that my basketball team got a pregame speech from coach. Yeah. We did have our team dinner at his place. Cause one of the, one of the dads on the team was friends with them, but, um, but he's gone a, an interesting direction later in life. We don't have to get into any specifics, but uh, tell us a good or bad story from the cigar room. <laughs> well, so you got both. I will tell you about one of the greatest nights of my life where the the restaurant was closed, closing and I was like, you know, wrapping up for the night and coach was there with um, Jim McMahon, Mongo, um, Steve McMichael, um, the yep. singer who uh, sings Frank Sinatra at Ditka's John Vincent, John Vincent, who I'm good buddies with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, he's the, he's the best. And so anyway, these guys are all like playing poker. And then somebody was like, we should go to the strip club. <laughs> and I was standing there like, you know, I'm probably like 20 years old. And I was like, um, can I come with you guys? <laughs> and they were like, sure. And so we all get into cars and we, I was in the car behind coach. He was driving his Mercedes. He uh, would blow, he blew every red light that he came to. He would just oh my drive right through it. <laughs> Because what, I mean, if, if, what happens if coach gets right. pulled over? They're just like, oh my God, coach, right. I'm sorry. Right, right. I mean, other than getting T-boned, he's not worried. Right, yes. Yeah. And so we pull up, <laughs> pull up to the place, VIPs uh, over on like Weed Street. Of course. He, par yeah. he parks his car in front and says, just leave my car there. He takes his keys. So like the valet can't even mm -hmm. park his car. We walk <laughs> into this place. Every head in the place, mind you, these are guys who are getting lap dances turn to see right. Co yeah. coach Ditka. He um, says, I want the VIP room right now. So they kick a bunch of guys out of the VIP room so that we can have it. Of course. Right. We go in there and all of a sudden, you know, like there's a bunch of like strippers come out. <laughs> I'm sitting next to coach in a like leather chair. I'm a 20 year old kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, strip club stuff happens and then all of a sudden i look over and coach it has fallen asleep so, so he's, <laughs> he, he, he's full on sleeping while he's getting a lap dance oh and no then he kind of wakes up and he's like all right i'm leaving and so he gets up and just walks out well then the bouncer the bouncer turns to us and he's like all right well you guys owe us like eight grand oh we thought coach was like treating you know yeah and of course so, uh, one of the guys grabbed me and they're like, Chris, we know you don't have any money. Get the hell out of here. And so I just like split yeah. and like got yeah. a cab. And You're a child. I, <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like, it's like three in the morning and I'm in a cab, like calling my buddies. Like, you're never going to believe what just yep. happened. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that was it. Um, my only response to that is the only time I've ever been to VIPs was with Mark Cuban and we went to the VIP room. <laughs> I love That's it. the spot. I love it. That's the spot. And they make the girls wear like the uh, 
plastic like clear thing on their nipples because yes. in chicago you like can't be fully nude and serve alcohol yes yes so they have like yeah. the tassels well, this interesting place yeah i was always like oh those are nice but i could tell they're fake so you know i'm not that impressed but your butt is great so let me what kind of lotions do you use? very smooth <laughs> like you know like i just i would just strike up conversations it was a little awkward for me i wasn't really totally. you know it's not 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 my thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same. but that's same i'm not for the funny. record i'm not a strip yeah yeah guy. of yeah, course yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Nothing of interest there for you. Uh, <laughs> Listen, that um, was right, a, so you, a great night. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you're within certain company, it's the story alone exactly. is worth, exactly. uh, worth the detour, perhaps to a place that's not your go-to. Yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so you're doing all these odd jobs. You're on uh, uh, involved in the improv scene. Yep. What do you think you consider your big break? Um, wow, in Chicago, my big break was probably getting asked to be on stage at Second City because that, like I said, it was my childhood dream, and so that was just such a huge moment for me. Like, oh my god, I actually like did the thing that I set out to do, which you know <laughs> right. was still crazy to me. Um, yeah, so that was probably my big break out here uh, in Chicago. Out here, I was uh, I got cast on a show called Love, which was this show on Netflix that Judd Apatow produces, and so that was probably a, mm -hmm. a, a early break for me in LA, where like, oh, I'm now like meeting cool people and I'm part of a cool project, and yeah, so. Yeah, and that was that was a really good cast. There were some great people in that. Obviously, other than just Judd at the helm. Yes, yeah, um, really great cast. We it went for three seasons, and um, still to this day, people come up to me in the street and say, "When's the next season coming out?" Like, oh, it's, it's <laughs> like that was eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, but you never know. You like never that's know. very in now these days. Have that like revival season years later. Yeah. Um, you were on the new girl that was like your first big tv non-streaming bit right it was yes i booked a part on so you know when you move to la it's like scary as i'm sure you know like it's a mm -hmm. big weird place and you're kind of like starting over <laughs> you know and uh, mm -hmm. and so getting to know the casting directors and stuff it takes a while and so new girl was like the first show that i booked and that was, you know, a, a definitely kind of a, a break in my career where I was like, oh, now I'm doing a TV show with, what's her name? Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe, yeah. I did my sa second city in L.A. as opposed to Chicago. I did it when I moved to L.A. and did the whole conservatory there. But you had already done second city enough that I would imagine when you moved out there, you had at least people you could reach out to that you knew from that world that were already out there. Was that a good like lifeline when you first got there? For sure. For sure. And still is to this day. Like I still hang out with my, like tomorrow night I'm hosting poker night and all my old Chicago second city friends are coming over. And so we nice. still like stick together and, and yeah, that, that was nice to awesome. kind of have a network built in a little bit when I first moved out. 
so you had a bunch of uh guest spots on a bunch of great shows drunk history uh arrested development which is the best yeah. if only you'd played a magician next to joe I'm then it would you. have come full circle I'm telling you. <laughs> illusions michael <laughs> trickster for prostitutes um I have to admit, I don't remember what you were on Arrested. Though. Oh, I mean, it was a small part. I played like a scuba diver instructor, but just to hang out with those guys for a day was very cool. Yeah. The, absolutely the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you end up getting an um, interview show at Upright Citizens Brigade and you, how long did that run for? Yeah, that was cool. It was kind of like a, almost like an inside the actor's studio kind of a thing where I got to like interview my comedy heroes and I did that for maybe three years or something. And um, I got to interview like Bob Odenkirk, who's kind of like my mentor, um, Lorraine Newman, who was in the original cast of SNL, uh, Fred Willard before he passed away, who's one of my, yeah. my all time heroes. So yeah, that was cool. I'm so bummed because I pitched something to ESPN that got approved and we were going to use Fred Willard and we hadn't asked him or anything. So I'm not saying it would have happened, but it like, I can't say what it was because I'm still trying to make it happen now, but it was when COVID hit oh. and so we couldn't do it. And then when he died, I was like, oh, no, my thing is with Fred Willard's never, and doesn't have to have Fred Willard. It can have other people, but I'm right. like, oh, I'm just like so sad. By the way, it, um, it would have so happened cool. because he was just, he just loved working. And would like he would yeah, have definitely it seemed like it would have he would have definitely done it yeah and similarly I always uh, I wrote a script where I had him playing my dad and he he reminds me of my dad so much and like I was like he was my dream cast for that and then yeah same yeah yeah oh that's such a bummer oh I'm so glad you got to interview him at least what was the big fish that you tried for there and didn't get um gosh. I, uh, Amy Poehler was going to do it, but then oh, just like amazing. crazy scheduling stuff. Um, that was probably one of, well, my all time is Bill Murray. He's like my, I mean, my dog is, but he doesn't my dog's name Murray number. and yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. Have you gotten to spend any time with them? I met him at a golf tournament. Uh, he, I was, he was playing with Justin Timberlake and I was watching him and he hit nice. his ball out of bounds. And so he, was walking and all of a sudden crossed under the rope and was like right in front of me. And I looked at him and I said something like, Mr. Murray, I, I do, I do second city too in Chicago. And he said, <laughs> and it was cool. He looked at me and he goes, Oh, that's great. Hey, have you seen my ball? <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And so um that I that's one thing I could say. I've had the great pleasure of spending a bit of time with him. He is very moody. I, okay. Um but I I interviewed him for Sports Center during the Cubs World Series run. I co-managed a wiffle ball team with him on Wrigley Field oh. for a Kerry Wood event. Oh. And he was very nice as we co-managed, but then I asked if he would do a quick interview as well. And he was like, I don't really, what's the, what's the first question? And I was like, all right, shit, do I go super weird? And he'll appreciate that. Or will he be like, that's too complicated. So let me just like softball. So like, how cool is it to be like playing on Wrigley Field where you're, and he's like, that's the question and walked away. Come on, Bill. No, that's, a, blew that's a great question. <laughs> it was just like a softball. We could go from there, yeah. Bill. Um, and then we actually partied a little bit after the World Series in the hotel lobby you where Sting was staying. Yeah, which was rad. And then he got, he was very nice to me and was in a good mood. And then my friend went up about five minutes later and he was like, 
get out of here. Like, you know, he already flipped that mood again. And my, yeah. my husband and friend really wanted to meet him. And they had heard him on the radio station talking about his hotel charge going up when the extra game got pushed to seven and how he was going to leave the hotel and stay somewhere else. But his room number was, gosh, it was like 1908 or something. Oh, so and he was, was like, like the second year that the Cubs won. So I decided, so they literally took the elevator to floor 19 and just stood outside the elevators and waited for him to pop out and like, Hey, so we could get their their photo with them. He's like, "How did you know I was here?" They're like, "You said it on the radio today." Um, well, anyway, wait, moody dude. On. But when he's on, hold on, just he, a could, joy. he couldn't afford the hotel upcharge. I I think it was a bit, but yeah. uh, um, it led to him being able to explain. You know, when you uh, when you partied with him, was was Bonnie Hunt there with you? I, not that time okay, gotcha, okay. but the night before eh, i don't think so he, he he we did not party with him the night before because there was a very clear vip balcony we were not on yeah, yeah. but that was you know vetter cusack chelios yes, murray yes. all of them and it was great because at the end of the night bill was absolutely out of his gourd this was after they won game seven to force game six to force game seven yeah. and chelios lead blocker style like carries him out of the bar through the crowd and the dj starts playing the ghostbusters theme uh meanwhile we had drank the entire bar's supply of beer they were out there was zero beers remaining amazing um it was a i mean it was, it was such a good time but he is so fun when he's on yes eh, i'm sure i'm sure he, take your moments yeah i'm sure there's some curmudgeon -y shit that you know yeah part yeah, of me is like it's almost right, like don't meet your heroes kind of a thing but yeah for sure i think there's certain people like that that like if you get them when they're at their most charming yes, you totally right, get it right, and right. otherwise you're a little bit it's kind of like prince like the show is always going to be great but you're going to start four hours right. late and he's probably going to get most of the people affiliated with the venue fined. yes so they're not right. going to be happy <laughs> but you are what a, what a um, cool career you've had by the way i mean it's decent it's fun it's i mean what about you you're doing like you're doing exactly what i wanted to do for real you, yeah, I mean that's what I moved to LA for. I, did, really? I moved to LA to do comedy. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. I assumed yeah. that you were just sports all the, the all the whole way. No. Wow. No, I I auditioned for The Office and did not get the part. You did. So really. Yeah, I auditioned when Dwight meets the basketball players outside in line for the club in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, and Ryan. I, I was going to be a basketball player. I didn't know that. And it was part you. of my problem out in out in L.A. the The old six foot tall, weird gal, like uh, you know, there's very small uh times when you need to be taller than pretty much every single person on the set. It needs to be like a part of the character. So all the things I got were basketball player, yeah, yeah. bitchy girl, yeah. girl from Chicago, yeah, right? <laughs> Chicago, Chicago broad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, um, well, I didn't know right, that about you because you. you are you are very funny, and so I didn't realize that you. Thank you. Uh, that that was the. But you've had you you have such a cool career. Like you, you're working all the freaking time. Like that's got to be fun and yes. exciting, right? It is, and like I like this podcast because I get to scratch a lot of those itches that I was interested in before sports. Yeah, and like, yeah. it's a lot of work to keep up with sports every day, like, yes, and yes. keep up with everything that's going on. That I I found myself becoming super one note, so I have to like actively continue being interested in things outside of it. Otherwise, I just oh like, interesting. I don't want to just do yeah 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 yeah. Do you do yeah. you film around the horn in in where do you film it in your apartment? Chicago. 
Where? Um, no. So my radio and podcast, I could do at home. And then Chicago's just a studio off Michigan Avenue. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's great. For, for TV. See, stuff. you're living my dream. Uh, you're living in Chicago. Like <laughs> I, my, yeah. my ultimate goal is to have a place there and kind of go back and forth. Um, right. I do. That's, I, I do uh, like, that's something I've worked towards, but I miss a lot of opportunities by living here, but then I just get to be happy all the time as soon as work ends. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm surrounded by all the stuff I like. Right. Right. You know? Right. It's quality. It's a quality of life thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do like LA. Like I've learned to love LA, but I miss Chicago every day of my life. Like, yeah. Once I left LA the first year or so I didn't miss it. I was like, Oh my gosh, uh, people are opening doors for me and just like having fun. Yeah. I'm just like sweating and not caring and dancing and not caring and like just being human beings instead of like worrying every second about what they look like. Right. But after about a year, I started to remember like, I miss all the healthy food and the hiking and the beach and the warm weather and the, but, uh, that, is, that stuff is, yeah, nice. you just, yeah but a couple more gigs and you'll be back and forth as often as you want. And then you won't have to worry, you know, For sure. just, yeah. We'll get right back to the interview, but first, what's your favorite word? Love. Love. Okay, so we've had love as a favorite word before. So instead of rehashing the etymology and all that, I'm going to share with you instead two of my favorite lines about love. Uh, just briefly, one is from my uh, favorite poem by Pablo Neruda, Tonight I Can Write the Saddest Lines. It's about love lost, and he writes the achingly accurate sentiment. Love is so short. Forgetting is so long. Ugh. And if you're into that sort of shit, there is a fantastic reading of that poem by Andy Garcia that you can find online. It's from a movie, but on its own standalone, his reading of that poem is gorgeous. Um, another line about love that has always stood with me is from one of Margaret Atwood's poems. Here's the end of it. It's called Variations on the Word Love. Then there's the two of us. This word is far too short for us. It has only four letters, too sparse to fill those deep, bare vacuums between the stars that press on us with their deafness. It's not love we don't wish to fall into, but that fear. This word is not enough, but it will have to do. It's a single vowel in this metallic silence, a mouth that says, oh, again and again in wonder and pain, a breath, a finger grip on a cliffside. You can hold on or let go. Yes, Margaret Atwood, she of the painfully prescient Handmaid's Tale books. Speaking of great words, you gonna learn today. The word of the week is a word that I have heard many times, a word that I've used many times, and I have never thought about its roots. So at the ESPNW Summit uh, recently that I hosted in Brooklyn, uh, basketball legend Val Ackerman was on a panel and she was talking about the 96 women's Olympic team and said of the 90s, they were a seminal time for women's basketball, or as some would say, an ovarian time. Boom. How did I never know that seminal is related to semen? Duh, I just never thought of it. But yeah, seminal. So from the late 14th century, of or pertaining to seed or semen of the elements of reproduction from the old French and from the Latin, uh, the figurative sense is, is attested to by the 1630s, rudimentary, primary, full of possibilities. Uh, so yeah, I guess that makes sense. Seminal, semen, semen is where it all begins. Um, which by the way, it's especially noteworthy that not a single bill or law aimed at limiting uh, or banning abortions includes potential punishments for men. No semen, no pregnancy. And honestly, women can only give birth at the most every, you know, 10 to 11 weeks a couple times. A man can get like 15 women pregnant in one day. A young man, a virile man, a, a man with lots of energy, but still, it is possible. 
And yet, semen is where it all begins. Can't have pregnancy without semen. Men can impregnate women all day long, and yet the only punishments are for women. I can't imagine why. But I've strayed from the point. Seminal, that's the word. Uh, Now often used to mean a work or event or a moment or a figure that strongly influences later development. So let's use it in a sentence. A leaked U.S. Supreme Court opinion draft suggests the nation's highest court is on the verge of overturning Roe v. Wade, the seminal 1973 ruling that protects a woman's right to life, health, bodily integrity, and medical decision-making, as well as her right to privacy and medical information. Now let's get back to the interview. Chicago Party at, I'm sure that allowed you to get back into this world a little bit more. And again, that's like going to allow you to be in LA, but feel like you're still a big part of Chicago. I want to talk about that. So this was uh, July of 21 is when announced uh, that, that Netflix had greenlit Chicago party. And, and this was based on a Twitter account, which by the way, is like everyone's dream. I think the only other one that I remember for sure was like shit. My dad says or something got optioned at one point, but that became a thing for a while. Everyone thought that their Twitter account was going to be the next show. You actually did that which is incredible when you started that what was the point of it the point of it was just to kill time like i was literally <laughs> like you know being an actor in la it's a lot of sitting around like you know you'll you'll have an audition every once in a while and like you know you'll do an improv show here and there but it's a lot of just like sitting around and i in chicago i was performing on stage every night like you know being funny and being clever and coming up with shit. And so I all of a sudden like didn't have that outlet out here. And so it's, ba- I started it like it's based on one of my actual aunts and I was just like, Oh, I'll like just tweet as if I were this crazy Chicago party animal lady who I know so well um, because I've just observed these women like working at Ditka's like, Oh my God, my oh. coach's wife, Diane, is like very Chicago party aunt. <laughs> like drinking wine with lunch, you know, like smoking yep. smoking inside after the, the cigarette ban. Like. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Haircuts where you're like, do you ever look around and think like there isn't a single person that's like in Hollywood or like on TV or like anywhere that has that haircut, but you're like, yes. that's still what you're going that's in and asking for. Like all of the suburbs of Chicago. I'm like, just last, I went to the Blackhawks game last night and I was like, oh. who's doing that for you? Truly. Who's allowing you to walk into the salon and being like, well, I want my hair to be blonde, but then I want giant strawberry stripes yes, in it yes. that are extremely visible and not at all that. And I want it and spiked up want, in the back. And yeah, yeah. I want parts of it gelled up, I want parts <laughs> of it gelled down. Very different layered blankets. Yes. Like, and then I want, want my that? jeans to have bedazzles on them. And I want to smell like the uh, perfume department. Fupa. Yeah, it's a pronounced fupa. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring attention to it. Yes, I don't want to hide yes. it. <laughs> That's exactly. And, but these, these, they're real. Like you, a, a Blackhawks game is the perfect place mm-hmm. to see. I'm sure you saw a bunch of them. Or bears. Bears oh, tailgates. Bears. Oh. Uh, just 
and you see them in the <laughs> the tailgate the episode is just so good because oh, yeah. it's so true yes. the tailgate episode okay so but you have this twitter account and you're you're bringing in all this real life experience and that's what makes it so great is the specificity of it but also it's very crass uh she's constantly boning famous chicago celebrities and like oh, yeah. people unexpected people like poor tom skilling <laughs> just really gets the shrapnel famous chicago weatherman tom skilling a nice innocent man who's constantly uh in flagrante delecto with chicago party and but um, this poor man when, who just wants to study the doppler radar and be left alone <laughs> yes. and i'm like I, yes. tom did i did i leave my bra at your house last night <laughs> uh so how does it become something that netflix is interested in or that you go pitch and um and then how difficult was it to be like okay but now it has to be three-dimensional with many characters and be a show and yeah. have a plot that isn't just her drinking right. and having sex <laughs> so when i it's still mostly that it, it is yeah <laughs> well yeah so like when i started it on twitter i had zero aspirations for it to become anything it was literally just a fun you know thing to do um a fun creative outlet but then as it got as it gained popularity and like i was all of a sudden getting articles written about the account and like stephen colbert was retweeting it and like it was like growing i was like oh shit, maybe we could turn this into something else and that was when i was like maybe it could be a cool as an animated show and right when i was thinking that uh this pr producer guy named richie schwartz who's a chicago guy who he's, you know, a Hollywood producer reached out to me. He found out it was me somehow. And he was like, this should be a show. Yeah. And I was like, I was, th I was thinking the same thing. And so then we like put this cool team together of other Chicagoans and we took it out. We pitched it to six different places. I figured everybody would tell us to get lost. All of a sudden, like four different places wanted it. And there was like a, a bidding war essentially for like who wins. And then Netflix won out. And, uh, yeah. and so it was, you know, it was, it was cool because I had already created kind of the, the character and like somebody said, like, you already have your Homer Simpson. Now you just have to like build a world around. And so, right. um, so anyway, we got together in the writer's room and just like flushed out what it would look like as an actual, like, you know, 3d world. And, um, it was hard at times, but yeah, I mean, we, it was fun. Yeah. Um, is there a season two coming as far as you know? So there's eight, we, we have eight more episodes made, like finished. That, oh, awesome. That we don't know when they'll come out, hopefully in the coming months. Um, cool. Netflix is apparently uh, uh, blowing up right now. <laughs> Yeah, there's some things way. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'm excited to see them. I can't tell you how many times I'll be talking to my husband, or something will happen, and I'll be like, "Chicago party ant." Um, <laughs> like I went to go see the Smartless podcast live in Chicago, oh, yeah. and they every time they do a live pod, there's a surprise guest. And so, leading up to the Chicago shows, they had a they had two, early and a late. There had been like you know it was like AOC and I think like Bradley Cooper, like it was like huge names. So we're like, all right, what do we got here? We're like obama right, bill murray right. michael jordan like we had all these names Oprah, yeah. and then the guest for ours the guest for ours was andy richter <laughs> and if you've seen chicago party ant there's a whole fake award show the beefies. called the beefies yeah. 
and Andy Richter, like every year gets trotted back as like best Chicagoan of the year. And he's like, I'm not really, really from here, but I've been here a lot. And I was like, that's so true. We like always oh, get Andy Richter for everything. And then he comes out. I'm like, oh my God, so funny. it's Chicago party. He, comes he, like, he goes, God, um, guys, I haven't lived here in like 30 years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he wins. It's so good. He wins Chicago, so Chicagoan funny. of the year and the Chicago Lifetime yeah. Achievement Award. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. really funny. Did you find a lot of people that weren't from Chicago still thought that like they could see the same thing, but like applying their own unique references or did it feel like it was, it was like definitely Chicago was fueling the enthusiasm. Yeah, a little bit of both. And that was kind of the balance we had to find when we were writing it. Like the good thing is that no matter where you're from, you know, somebody like this, you know, like, I mean, there's right. definitely Boston party ants and freaking Miami mm. party ants and so, oh boy, those are dangerous. I bet the, the Miami oh, ones. Oh, mamacita! <laughs> uh, so, just replace all the malor like cocaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cocaine and sex on the beach. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like up the ante on literally everything. Yeah, and so every so that was you know the universality of it is like oh well everybody knows somebody like this but then we also wanted it to be like a love letter to chicago where we like just yeah. cram it full of sh obscure chicago references um and so yeah. i think we found a nice balance but you know we'll see we heard from netflix that the show is very popular in africa and eastern europe and wow. uh russia Whoa. yeah and so oh god i hope someone from one of those places visits america and just like is like it, it will be just like Chicago party end. <laughs> like looking for her everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm curious for your career and we're running out of time here, but you know, you, you recently were on curb. You had a great uh, role on curb where you pissed off Larry oh, David. Yeah, and um, You were recently just on, is it cake? You're doing some more stuff. Like, have you found that being the creator of something has opened doors or that, um, like how's it, how's it been as uh, as an actor or a creative type now that you've been on both sides of it? Yeah, you know, I've kind of been like I I explain it as like I've been kind of a journeyman actor where like I you know I book parts here and there and like have put together a a cool little career. But I do think that like having this show has kind of opened some new doors for me, especially in the development world. Like I'm uh, working on a project right now where. Um, that I pitched to Judd Apatow's production company and they really like it a lot. And so we're like in the process of cool. maybe partnering up and working on something together. So like, I feel like I really learned a lot in how to create a show and um, write a show. And uh, so that's op definitely opened some doors for me um, yeah. going forward. Yeah. The business side, learning all that. Yeah. Years ago, you told an interviewer that you had an idea about a small town that gets named the worst town in America. I want to see that. Right? I feel like it's a little, it's like Schitt's Creek, but like it doesn't have to be fish out of water yes. story. It could just be like the natural inhabitants of the worst town. What was the arc there? Were they going to make it better because they were mad that it had been named worst? That's exactly right. You really did your research, by the way. And I try. That was uh, a thing that I was developing with my Second City friends, and we wanted it to be kind of like a, um, a Christopher Guest, like kind of improvised 
Like oh, our favorite, that would be amazing. Our favorite movies are like Be- Best in Show and Waiting for Best Gothman in Show. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we. Oh, that would be awesome. I know, right? And I have so many funny friends out here. Like it really is an embarrassment of riches. The amount of like funny Chicago people who are out here just kind of sitting around. And so we were developing that as a town that gets named the worst town in America, and then they set out as a group to prove them wrong. You know, and. And then you see all that. Amazing. Scenario. I want to see that. Uh, you're also doing something with Sherman Dilla Thomas, who's a name that like some people in Chicago will know, but is just kind of breaking out. Um, what's the plan for that project? What's what's the vision for it? So he, I've discovered Sherman like everybody else on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram, where he like posts these like um, Chicago history lessons. Um, and he's just like this encyclopedia of Chicago history knowledge and it's like crazy the amount of cool shit he knows about Chicago and so through Chicago Party Ant we got connected and really hit it off Uh, he was a fan of the show and I was a fan of his stuff and so every time I would be back in the city we would get lunch and hang out and we started he's told me that he actually has a bunch of ideas for shows that would be set in Chicago and so he pitched me this one that um it, I don't want to like give too much away, but it's essentially about um, uh, something that happened in Chicago in the seventies. That was like this crazy story and um, that I had heard about, but I was like, Oh my God, this would make such a cool TV show. And so we started kicking it around. And then the same producer guy who did Chicago party and got involved because I brought him in. Nice. And now the wheels are kind of turning and we're, we're heading towards maybe awesome. writing the pilot. Yeah. I love, I, I like the people who go to Hollywood and they're just like, I'm going to do all Chicago content. I'm just going to be, you know, I like, I just like just keeping that, keeping that um, through line so that we feel represented out there. Uh, we are out of time, but before I let you go, you do have to do the one thing that everybody does, but nobody expects. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. It's the Spanish Inquisition. Number one, your current career is canceled. What do you do instead? Wow. Um, I'd probably be a high school teacher, something like that. Nice. Probably teaching. Number two, what's the most? uh, Go ahead. History. Okay, cool. Uh, What's the most scared you've ever been? I went skydiving for my birthday this year, and I literally passed out, fainted in the air. There was a guy strapped to my back. There was a guy strapped to my back, like this, this party boy. And I jump out of the plane and immediately like got dizzy and was like, I hate this. I hate this. And my body just like shut down. I was so scared. And so I like my lifeless body was just dangling off of this guy. If you dig deep in my Instagram, there's a very funny video where. Oh, I'm going to find it. So like, do you have to send that guy like a portion of your earnings every year now? Because essentially like, like, I mean, those people always pretty much save your life when you do a tandem because you don't know what the hell you're doing. But in that case, like truly you would have just face planted oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. into the earth. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah that's saying, probably... Maybe like an extra, like a Christmas card would be, be nice. At I, least. Should, I, should find that. I feel like that's this, that's the, isn't that the, the plot to like a Chuck Palahniuk book or something? Where the guy like uh, pretends to like choke and then the person saves his life and then he creates a, a means by which to uh, get money from him each year. Yes. Anyway, that's a tangent. I don't even know if it was Chuck Point. It was somebody. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> moving right along. Uh, number three, you could be the best in the world at one thing for one day. What is it? Wow. Um, best in the world one day. I think I would be the best in the world at basketball in the 90s. And then I would take on Jordan one-on-one -on -one and have it be on TV. <laughs> be on TV. And then everybody would see me like smoke MJ. You know what? I loved this idea until I realized that then you are you are defaming the, That's the true. God. That's and true. then that would always come up from there on out. <laughs> Instead of just that one time that Iverson crossed him over, we would have to get yeah. like, yeah, but remember that one random guy? <laughs> that was like one guy who was six foot one. <laughs> remember that just like middle-aged white dude who just maybe he wasn't that good. And then everyone would be like, you're right, LeBron's the GOAT. So I actually hate that answer like a lot. I know. I, I didn't think it, it out. Through. I didn't think it through. By the way, how can the Bulls uh, acquire – here's my new thing. I want the Bulls to acquire Jokic. Uh, wouldn't that be amazing if we got the Joker on the Bulls? That would be unbelievable. I know. I was thinking yeah. about it last night. I'm like, Do you think he can't be happy. He just can't, don't want their multi-time MVP anymore. No, but he can't be happy in Denver. He keeps getting knocked out in the first round. He wants to change it up. It's fair. Right. You need some healthy teammates and some assistance. Uh, unfortunately, it's just like, who are we giving up? I know. You know, I know. Like, yeah. Anyway, mm. A boy can dream. I agree with you, though. That would be that would be pretty rad. Um, number four, what current celebrity from music, politics, TV, or sports would you most like to be your best friend? Oh, wow. Um, I love that Barack is just kind of like kicking it now and just being cool and just mm -hmm. like showing up to shit yeah. and being cool and like – uh, narrating the will the new like National Geographic show on Netflix yeah. or whatever, and so hanging out with Bruce Springsteen, right? Just like water skiing and shit. Yeah, he's just so cool. So I, I would, I, I would like love that. to just be like, just like tag along with him. And in theory, if you're best friends with Barack, you get to hang out with Michelle a lot, and she's amazing. Also, the coolest. So like bonus, totally. bonus friend. Uh, number five. What's your biggest, most meaningless pet peeve? Oh wow! Big, oh oh. Okay, here it is. So in LA, there are three garbage cans that e each house okay. has. There's the black garbage can, there's the green like lawn debris can, and then there's the mm -hmm. blue recycling can, okay? Mm -hmm. I go out into my, my little garbage area and I open the blue recycling bin and I cannot tell you how many people throw dog poop bags in the recycling mm -hmm. bin who in their right mind thinks that dog shit is a recyclable item they don't care they, just they don't, don't care. care they're not looking at the color right. they're not reading they don't care right if you go to anywhere in the world and look in the recycling or they like don't do the tiniest bit of research like people come to my house to be like which is recycling and then in their hand will be like a plastic thing that's like coated with hummus and i'm like right? that's you got to wash it out yes, first. Yes, and then also that's not even the kind of plastic that can be recycled. Right. It's like putting a plastic bag in recycling. You can't recycle plastic bags. It's already to the lowest iteration of its life. Right? It's plastic. Like that's just garbage. And so then, How do people not know these things? Then Sarah, I put myself in the shoes of the guy working at the recycling plant. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just I, going through dog I shit. I have to pick right. out all these bags of dog Which, shit. By the way, does it even go to a recycling plant or do they just pretend? I've heard. I, and are I they... Watch another John Oliver because there's a whole John Oliver episode about how basically they make us feel like it's our fault for not properly recycling when it is not at all our fault that companies are not properly taking the right wow. steps okay. to work toward climate change issues. Interesting. Anyway, 
I appreciate that pet peeve. I feel the same way. Uh, number six, what's the most embarrassed you've ever been? The most embarrassed I've ever been. Um, well, uh, uh, homecoming high school, my, uh, my date after I had the after party and we, we all camped out on my big outdoor trampoline. Okay. Uh -huh. with like sleeping, I had one of those. Sleeping of bags. Yeah. 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 Like mid August meteor shower, yeah. high point of owning a trampoline. And anyway, yeah. she tried to like, uh, you know, uh, she tried to like do something with her hand and it was like, I was nervous uh -huh. and it was cold. And so I couldn't like, <laughs> You know, uh -huh. yes, <laughs> and, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and so, yep. but then of course, all my idiot friends found out about it, and they, you know, for mm. the rest of that year, were like, "Oh, you got shrinkage," you know. Yeah. I still think about it. Yeah, that's that's the worst. It was. Uh, I had a guy in high school after senior prom. Uh, we were just canoodling very lightly, yeah. and then he fell asleep because he drank a lot at prom. I did not drink at the time, uh -huh. and then he told his friends he passed out from the altitude because of the mountains involved in my <laughs> particular body shape, and that one went around for yeah, a while. Yeah, that was. God. That was high school. God, high school is like the, it's the, the worst. worst, the most awkward. Like just anyone currently going through I'm it. I just still, don't even like to be around them because I get secondhand right? cringe. I still from, like, like well, their entire existence. Shit from high school will still come up in my therapy yeah, therapy like session. Cold sweat. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's because it's formidable, yeah. formidable years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't get it up. Uh, number seven, what's the thing about yourself you'd most like to improve? Is it that you still talk about high school? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing about myself that I would most like to improve. Wow, that's good. Um, I feel like I'm, I, I, I've done a lot of work on myself, you know? I feel like I've evolved a mm -hmm. lot as a, as a human. I've, good. I've, I quit drinking. I've been going to therapy for many years and da da da, da. I think that um, I, oh, I don't have a, a, a great work ethic. I think I'm kind of inherently lazy. And, okay. and so. I, <laughs> this is the thing I hear from every person who ended up doing the job I wanted. Like all the famous people in like comedy and acting were all like, well, I hated school and I didn't try. And then I dropped out and then I didn't have a And I'm like, yeah. God, why did I apply myself <laughs> at every turn? Well, I realized looking back that I feel like, oh, I kind of like got by on my charm a lot, you know, and still do. Yeah, that must be it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like I could be. That's why you make it then because it, it, you're, it you're charming is. enough to overcome probably. an inherent laziness. Yeah, probably. But I'm, I've gotten better. <laughs> All right, so we're going to work on the work ethic. Yeah. Just parking my ass in a chair and like writing, you know, like I could be doing that every day, but I'm instead playing pickleball and just kind of right. goof around. Yeah. You should have an accountability partner. Ah, I like that. Okay. Do you have one? So, um, I don't really, but my husband does. Okay. And it's like just a good check-in to make sure that like when you, I'm a list person and I have to go down the list and like get things done when I said I was going to. Yeah. Otherwise I like, I'm aware that I did like, I'll put it in like one to two, do this. And if I look back, I'm like, I was supposed to do that one to do now I've got to re slot it and like, get it done. Uh, are you so, but again, we're very different. <laughs> I'm yeah, type a. I can I'm a type a control freak overachiever. So my problem is actually not filling uh, every second of my day with work. I should play pickleball every once in a while. You're, yeah. you're, you're very much in do, doing mind, but you need to be more in be, yes. being mind. Yes. 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 Well, we're yes. called but accountability partners are good yeah I, I, I should look into that but we're called human beings Sarah 
We are not human doings. Yeah, not human doings. Did you meditate? Do you meditate? I do. Okay, that's good. I do. Okay, good. It's it's you know scheduled usually, but yeah, it yeah, still yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, number eight, any musician or band, alive or dead, can play at your next party. Who is it? Wow. Okay. Well, I would say maybe Bruce Springsteen, but then my, I, but Ooh, but then my so my favorite band of all time. And go ahead and roll your eyes if you want. I'm a big Fish fan. Okay. Okay. And fish. I, oh, I know. I got into them in middle school, and they were just—they mean a lot to me. They got me through a lot of stuff, and like, so actually, when they were in Chicago, I got to—they came to Second City, and I kind of became friends with them, and we got to hang out backstage. What? And then they brought me and my Second City group up on stage, and we did this bit with them. When was that? This was uh, probably eight years ago or something, and it was at, at Northerly Island. And so, look. This yeah. Is a, Wait. Your oh. people can't see this, but there's a picture of me on stage with fish. That's amazing. I've I've only been to one fish show. It was at Northerly, but it was not eight years ago. Okay. Um, but earlier when we were talking about something, I was like, I got this thing I should like pitch to Chris offline, and it is slightly related to that fish show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna now that I know that you're a fish fan, I'm gonna bring it to oh, you. Oh, please do. Video. I love it. I don't, I can't be giving this shit away for free. You know, someone might take it and run with it. It's <laughs> right. such a good idea. Right, right, so right. I have to, I have to wait. Um, so fish, that would be, that would be fun. So does everyone at the party have to, is it a requirement that they're high as fuck or are people allowed to attend this party and not be tripping balls? Oh, so can be, well, people can come, but they can't have an, an, a shitty attitude. So I'll let them come, but they, okay. but they can't be like, Oh okay. God, how long, no how long is this song? What are they going to jam? Are they going to jam for <laughs> 20 minutes? So before we went to that show, we went with our friend who's been to like a hundred something plus shows and he really wanted to take my husband and I, Ooh, Will? And I was like, Will? I mean, I like, it's not Will. Okay, no, okay. It, no, not Will Byington. Although he's been to a fair amount, yeah. but no, our friend Mike. And, um, I said, you know, I like fish. I'm like, I probably know like six or seven songs. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll be good. I'll know enough, you know? And then midway through, uh, my husband and I were tripping balls. We were high as hell. <laughs> and he looks over and I'm singing along and he goes, Oh, you know, this one too. I go, no, it's just gone on long enough that I know it now. <laughs> and that was 100% true. Like it was like minute 18 that's of the song funny. and I had picked it up by then yeah, and I was funny. singing along. I, like, no, I know it now. Um, hey, speaking of, speaking of tripping balls, listen yeah. to this. My therapist yeah. um, just got certified in psychedelic therapy. Oh, wow. And um, so- in, You're in? in? You're in? I would be terrified. I've I've literally only- done like edibles oh, oh, <laughs> i've never yeah. even smoked a cigarette just like gummies and that's it i'm i'm i don't need cocaine i'm already no not I'm cocaine i think i'm awesome yeah yeah, yeah. But, she, but i'm just saying like i've never tried anything else because it's too scary okay well in august she we're gonna do a trip where i do mushrooms and she like sits with me and it, in a therapeutic way okay and i'm okay I'm really did you see that movie called drugs i think it's called drugs actually fred willard was in it i don't know if i did and like Sarah Silverman. Um, and it was like a bunch of famous people talking about tripping. Interesting. I just watched one called Fa Fabulous Fungi, which is really interesting about mushrooms. Oh, Have a Good Trip is what. Oh, I haven't seen that. No, but I saw it advertised. It's good. And there's a whole segment in it um, from a guy who's trying to like make the use of psychedelics and other um hallucinogenics and stuff more mainstream because they've been proven to actually help with a ton of Depression, serious things like yes. bipolar and other things. Totally. Yeah. And actually addiction. Like microdosing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's pretty fascinating. Um, I'm um 
I'm again control freak. So it might be good for you though. It might not, it might be good. You might like kind of let go. Maybe of just like chill me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, that sounds terrifying. Being chill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's why I don't even do edibles very much because I'm like, oh, it makes me like just chill out. Well, too but much. what's the end I, like, goal here, can't Sarah? Make, what's can't the... make funny quips? What's the end? Because I'm like staring at a wall. What's the end goal? Just to like be making funny quips all the time. <laughs> To be fully aware of everything all the time. <laughs> I want to hear about what is, what's Probably. your next career goal? I'm working on it. Have you been um, <laughs> Have you been a, a guest host on PTI yet? No, but I should. You be, totally should, should be. I've hosted around the horn a bunch, but I've not gotten the PTI call up. You should. You yeah. when when uh, what's his name when Wilbon's not available, you should sit in. Yeah. I agree. I listen to. Yeah, the, to, the goal uh, is eventually my own show, but we'll we're working on it. We'll see. Yeah, that's gonna happen like in a couple a year or two. Thank you. You're on a thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, next yeah, question. Just meteor. You are. It's meteor yeah, yeah. rise. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Because you got the goods. Uh, number nine. You're nope. you're you're really funny, smart. You're obviously like up on sports, which I think would be hard to do to like constantly be up on every freaking sport. That's insane. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Thank you. I've, I've enjoyed nice following your career. I've enjoyed following your career. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. You as well. Yeah. Um, all right. Last two. What would you consider your biggest failure? My biggest failure? Wow. Um, probably not uh, communicating in a skillful, skillful way in relationships. I've, okay. I have some regrets about past relationships that I like look back on. And I'm like, Oh, I did a shitty job of, of um, communicating my emotions and, you know, needs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's good that you know that though, hopefully yeah. you fix it the next time. Yeah. Uh, number 10, what three individual words would you most hope that people would use to describe you? Wow. Um, silly. Mm -hmm. Empathetic. Nice. and kind-hearted is that two words those are very good now we'll give it to you hyphenate right. it um uh and finally bonus question other than ad bryant who i've been trying to get on this pod and i've never gotten past her reps and molly shannon who has a new book and i would like on my pod so i'm just going to ask you to hook me up with both of them yep. who should i have on this podcast that i would find fun and interesting um have you uh, have you had bob odenkirk yet I have not, but my husband would die a thousand deaths. Oh, I can I can hook that up for you easily. He's he's uh, that would be amazing. His, his wife is my manager, and Bob's kind of like my oh nice my mentor. In fact, I was just he got his Hollywood Walk of Fame star last week, and I was there as a guest. I saw that. I saw that on your Insta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. He would be great, and he's a great Chicago dude. I would have to I would have to bring my husband on because he's so obsessed with Better Call Saul oh, that yeah. he would explode if I didn't uh bring him on. No, Bob Odenkirk's fantastic. He's a Chicago party aunt. Brad immediately was like, That's Bob Odenkirk. That's his voice. And I was like, No, it's not. And then it in fact was he plays Feather, the, the owner of the coffee the shop. The juice yeah. the juice shop, yeah. The juice place. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, hey, this was really fun. It was going to be like half a pod, but it's just a whole pod because I like hanging out with is you. Is it a whole pod? Oh, my God, it is. It's 50. It is a whole pod. 58 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One more thing. So this is a place for me to rant or rave, tell you what to read, listen to, watch. Maybe I'll share a great story, whatever's on my mind. And I mentioned the ESPNW Summit earlier in the pod. You can now watch the entire summit or just select panels and conversation online for free. Just go to ESPNWEvents.com. 
And some of the conversations include my panel with Liberty stars Sabrina Nescu and Dee Dee Richards and track and field Olympian Kendall Ellis. There's also a fantastic panel with L. Duncan, LaChina Robinson, Christine Williamson, and Monica McNutt. Hilarious, smart, thoughtful, honest, so good. Um, conversations with the directors and stars of the upcoming ESPNW doc on Title IX. A panel on the upcoming women's basketball dream team, 30 for 30. Uh, new NWSL commissioner Jessica Berman in conversation with Julie Foudy. Foudy also talked to the crazily impressive young Olympic standout Eileen Gu. So much more. So go check it out. ESPNWEvents.com. You can always tweet me, at Sarah Spain, if you got guest suggestions, questions, dilemmas. And you should always go to the iTunes or podcast app, follow or subscribe to That's What She Said with Sarah Spain. Rate it, five stars, please. And give me a nice review. Thanks, as always, for lasting about an hour with me. That's what she said. That's what she said.